It's been a day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we are now foster parents again. Uh-huh. Of a new little puppy. Oh. I mean, and and J.J. Abrams is so cute. He's a little chihuahua. Is that the name of this puppy? Well, the... Nice. So... What had happened was, uh-huh. uh huh. Girlfriend runs a an animal shelter, and one night, you know, she asked for my help for what they call intake. So there was a whole transport of animals coming in, dogs and cats, which is kind of rare. You either get a transport transport with all dogs or a transport with all cats. Never a combination. So and then it and then it started raining ironically cats and dogs. Well there was this <laughs> well there was this one little one little dog and poor thing was scared out of its mind. And so the only relief that it could have was was sitting in her office because it was away from the from the other kennels and so forth. Mm-hmm. And so Laura calls me today and says, how much do you love me? (laughs) And I Uh said, I said, you're bringing home JJ, aren't you? Yeah. (laughs) And I, and I knew it. And, and you know what? And I'll tell you what it, JJ and, and the dog's name that off the, off the truck is JJ. And it is okay. to her credit that she named him J.J. Abrams. My, probably yes. more so to make his way into my heart as well. <laughs> <laughs> but he's adorable. He's, he is absolutely adorable. And Chewy kind of gets along with him. Because that is the one, you know, that is the litmus test. You know, if you, if you can't get along with another dog in the house, then, you know, it, it, it doesn't work. But Chewie has laid down the law. You cannot lay here. You cannot do this. And you better sniff my butt when I want you to sniff my butt. And then we'll get along fine. Mm-hmm. So now, in addition to Chewbacca and Yobi, we now welcome J.J. Abrams into our house. Lovely. Yeah. So I have three dogs. Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, we do. To see that dog after he ate just finally lay down and take a nap instead of being so stressed out in the shelter makes it all completely worth it. Aww. And And to anybody out there who has either fostered dogs or adopted dogs, thank you for doing that because you really yes, do. Yes, thank you. You really do change a life when you do that. And and it was extremely apparent today because Laura didn't want to leave him in the in the shelter over a long three day weekend because as oh, we gosh, record yeah, this no. show you know it's it's the Friday before Labor Day mm-hmm. so it would have been a it would have it, oh no it just would have been a bad situation that would have been sad yeah. yeah it would have been sad poor little guy yeah yeah and when I say we're gonna foster this dog. Yeah, I You're going to adopt him and keep him forever? We're going we're gonna to adopt him and keep him forever, as long as it so works out with So he is in Chewy. his forever home, yeah. He, he is pretty much in his forever <laughs> home. 
But, you know, but this is night number one. Oh, yeah. So, you know, figuring out sleeping arrangements, how this is going to work, you know. I, but as long as Chewie is cool, then, yes, we have dog number three. So, let's talk movies and stuff. Welcome back to The Watchlist with Patty and Bill. Make sure you log on to thewatchlistpod.com and catch up on all of our back episodes. Hit subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. Make sure you engage with us on social media at symbol Pirate Alice. At symbol Bill Ivory Larson, at symbol The Watchlist Pod. And if you listen to our podcast on Apple, please give us a nice five star review. We would totally love you for it and appreciate it. And thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Oh my God. What a stressful day. <laughs> Mine was pretty darn relaxed. Which I is got awesome. done with work super early, so I got to just log out and then sit on my couch and watch some things and crochet more fucking granny squares. <laughs> oh, God. Tedious. Well. It's tedious. Granny square Afghans are tedious. Because once I make all the squares, I still got to hook them all together. <sighs> and and the granny squares are all sewn together to make a big afghan. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Granny square uh, afghan. Okay. You make individual squares, and you got to hook them all together in a big old blanket. See. Okay. This is this is for my nephew Aww. for Christmas because Sam said that you know what you could what the kids would love for Christmas is their own afghans because she was making one and they're all like, can you make one for me, mom? And so she told me to do it. I'm like, sure, I could do that. I sit and. You know, make things while I'm watching TV all the time. Why not? <sighs> How many do well, you have uh, to make? There's four. One is done. The And then two are in progress. So, I got three things this week. One of which is only an extension of something we've talked about before. Okay. Well, but I've it, got three things. All right. You want to rock, paper, scissors, who goes first? I don't care. Well, come on. Let's do that. It makes for great radio. No, it doesn't. Yeah. I'm just lying. No, it doesn't. All right. Uh, all right. I'll go first. Cool. Did you, you watch The Sandman, right? Yes, I did. All the way through, right? Uh-huh. Even the new, there's like bonus episodes that's like a uh, three little shorts, three or four little shorts. Dude. I even watched that. I had to go back. Okay, were there only two? God, I feel like there were more than two. That's the first thing I want to talk about, so I'm glad you watched okay. it. Okay. Sandman, episode 11. And Sandman, episode 11, if, if you're watching this on Netflix, they dropped an 11th episode, and the first part of that episode is called Dream of a Thousand Cats, and then the second episode is called Calliope. And the first part of the episode is an animated one. Some actually some really cool animation. It was really that looked really beautiful. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was beautifully animated. Actually, like either Emmy or Oscar worthy. I don't know where they would put it. Emmy worthy, Emmy worthy mm -hmm. animation. And it's literally about this little kitten who attends a meeting one night with a whole bunch of other cats of this 
of this cat who is wandering around trying to inspire the other cats to dream their way out of their current predicament. And this cat, who is, who is the, the preacher or the speaker, tells her tale of woe. And it's incredibly sad, mm-hmm. but it's, it's compelling as fuck. Oh, hell yeah. It's compelling as fuck, and the episode ends, and I laugh my ass off the way that it ends. <laughs> when the little kitten is, is dreaming, because the whole thing yeah. is, and, and of course the whole thing about Sandman is, dreaming the dreamscape and and everything and when the and the kitten dreaming just made the whole part of that worth it it was perfect yeah it was perfect now the second part was called calliope and actually starred the guy who played rory on doctor who yes that's right that's right yeah and i and i completely forgot his name and i and i whatever it's I Rory. apologize about who that. Cares? It's, it's Rory on Doctor Who, so yeah. oh, okay. Well, he plays a writer who who made one brilliant book, and because of that, he was a tenured professor of writing, and all of this. But people keep pressuring him to write another book. Mm-hmm. Well, his favorite author has a secret of his own success, because that author as well had issues writing more books and it turns out that he keeps um what did they a call muse. It? a muse and this muse, one of the muses from right. ancient greek and and or roman mythology a, a, a literal phys- physical embodiment of of the muse who is their muse. all female yeah right and kept her locked up, and apparently there are laws that that make her bound to whomever they are bound to. They cannot escape. They cannot walk out. They must serve this person. And the older author, this is going to sound horrible. And it is. And it is horrible because it actually speaks to the subjugation of women. Gifts the muse to the younger author and the younger author says i will free you if you just help me write one more book well that's the trap Mm -hmm. because he writes this amazing book nobody can ever get enough of it and he's making movie deals so he writes another and another and another and it's all free flowing and he's making goo gobs of money and he reneges on his promise to let her go so who does she call the dream fucker from the Sandman series. <laughs> uh, dream. She calls Dream, a.k.a. Morpheus, who was her lover boyfriend right. many centuries ago. Right. And she didn't want to call him. She Actually, she called her sisters first to try and figure out how to get out of it. Well, that old man stole her scroll and burned it, which is why she's bound to him. And then he gifted her to the to Rory, who is a dick now too, because he won't let her go, because he's addicted to the fame of being a fame, you know, writing all these books. So as a last resort, she finally calls for him. Uh, but during a lot of that time, he was also a prisoner to a, a human. 
So that that most of her part of her backstory with the old guy was during those years when uh, mm. the tail end of those years when Morpheus was locked up at the beginning, like at the whole beginning of the Sandman series. Right. So, yeah, she calls him and because they had some bad blood back in the day. Uh with just why they broke up and stuff, but he is still willing to do anything for her, and he's kind of so- It kind of shows you how he's softened up, and he's not the man he was before being locked up in a cage by humans. So right. So he is. He's more than happy to destroy Rory's life <laughs> to yes. free her, because you know he's a vindictive fuck, just like I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well it it is you get you get some backstory for Morpheus. Mhm. And and I have to go online and figure out does that is that going to lead into season 2? You know, I uh. I want I want all those explain, you know, last episode explained kind of videos. But the episode um. itself though Episode yeah. 11 of The Sandman. And again, remember my review. I watched the first episode and I watched the last episode. Which would have been 10 before right. they released 11. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, this show is okay. I loved episode 11. Yeah. The, there's a, Neil Gaiman is a masterful storyteller. And those two stories are, are even if The Sandman wasn't a part of them, or if they were just standalone short stories, those are amazing stories. Arthur Darville. There you go. That's is his the name. name of the, is the name That's of the Rory. Name. That's Rory, by the way. Mm-hmm. You know what? And I, and I got to tell you, if, if you're into Sandman and you haven't, and you didn't know that there was a, a bonus episode. Yeah, I didn't know until recently. Pretty pleased with Sugar on Top. Drop what you're doing and watch this shit. Because it's, yeah, it's absolutely really watch good. That. It's really, really good. Um, that's it. That's my first thing. Episode eleven okay. of the Sandman. Yeah, I don't know if it's been renewed for a season two or not. I don't know. I yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So the first thing that I have is that brand new big epic on Amazon Prime video, Lord of the Rings: Rings of Power. Oh, cool. That was one the of my things, too. The first two episodes dropped, and yeah, I watched them. They are really gorgeous and beautiful to look at. It's like they've taken the movies and just rebuilt the sets, and it's very immersive into this world because of how gorgeous and beautiful the set is. And these first two episodes are essentially just Introducing you to everybody, so that first one's I felt was kind of a snooze fest because it's just all the exposition of who this is and blah 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 and where we're going. The second one had a bit of action; it was kind of cool, but still, there's a lot of exposition in the who this is. And uh, if you think about it, the Rings of Power is written on the appendices of Lord of the Rings. It's the appendix of the fucking book. So there's no like written by Tolkien story with in this. Yeah, so Yeah. I I because it's Lord of the Rings and you know those are massive beasts of books, 
I'm going to give it a couple more episodes. Because they got to introduce everybody and help you remember or help you realize, okay, this Elrond is that old guy Elrond that you meet later on. But this is him still really young. But it's like thousands of years in the past because elves live forever unless they're in a war and then they die. Well, and this um, Galadriel is Kate Blanchett. Oh, yes, that's yes, that's her as well. So these are two people you know, but they're really young yet. Yeah, they're really young yet. And the hobbits aren't hobbits yet. They're Harfoots, but they evolve later on into actual hobbits. And they're more nomadic and not like living in the Shire forever. Right. I think you hit the nail on the head. It's pretty to look at. It's gorgeous. And if you're str- and obviously you're streaming this because it's on Amazon Prime. If you have mm-hmm. a 4K TV, gorgeous. It's gorgeous, darling. Gorgeous. And the sound is really good. The 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 score is amazing. Oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah, it's great to listen to. Great to look at. Mm-hmm. But the but. first episode bored the fuck out of me. A snooze fest. And I say that, comparatively speaking, to House of the Dragon. Now, to... I I get it. Slightly different worlds, different stories, you know. But there's still these epic, mythical-type things, and they both appear to have white-haired elves. Right. I mean... (laughs) Yeah, don't don't split hairs on me now, but yeah, yeah. they're basically the same ilk of mm-hmm. story. Yeah, they are. Yeah, it's but a House fantasy. Of, but House of the Dragon had me at go. Hmm. It and and I was far more intrigued with House of the Dragon than I was with the Rings of Power. And I was talking with Laura about this because we, you know, I I try to save everything to for her to watch. Unless she says, no, fuck it, go on, watch this shit without me. It was just bland. And it's an example of what happens when a studio has the ability to take something and try to milk it for all it's worth. And, and And I say that just because they did it with The Hobbit, the Hobbit oh, God. Mm-hmm. was a thin little book. Yeah. If it if if they had made The Hobbit as one, I I will even call it three hour movie. Yeah. It would have been perfect. It would have been absolutely perfect. Yes. It would have been awesome. But no, they stretched it out over four movies. I three don't know. Movies? I don't know. No, they stre- It was originally going to be two. They stretched it out to three. Because I did not need any of that. No. No. And I think that because they call it the Rings of Power, if you go back and watch the original Fellowship of the Ring movie, the entire first, you know, three, four minutes of that movie is Galadriel explaining the Rings of Power. Yes. And And where they came from. And and where they came from, who they got disseminated to, and how Sauron created the one ring to rule them all, hence the whole story. Mm -hmm. The last time somebody tried to make a prequel that theoretically should lead up to the events of that one movie, it was called Prometheus, and it blew chunks. Because Prometheus was the prequel to Alien. Oh, uh, yes, yes. And 
I was sitting in the theater going, okay, so now this kind of makes sense. That's where the ship comes from at the beginning of Alien, and and that's where the, all the eggs come from. And, and the answer to that was, not quite, Bill. We still got a ways to go. I fooled you. <laughs> I do not want to sit through, and I and if you love this, I from what I've been reading, you either love Lord of the Rings, uh, the Rings of Power, or you you hate it. I I well, am. There's only two episodes, so I'm not sure how. Well, first impressions. Oh, first impressions. Okay, I'm first just impressions. thinking. I can't love it or hate it until I get a little more. But you and I—that's my both... feeling. I'm I'm willing to give it a little bit of time because I like I loved Lord of the Rings the movies because I oh, read the, the movies books are and, amazing and the Two and Towers I, oh big on the Hobbit because you know I remember watching the cartoon of the Hobbit way back in the day 1978 and I just yeah. always loved that story so well, I'm, uh, for Rings of Power I'm willing to give it a try but, but we're both on the fence about it though. I am. I'm on the fence. I'm like, okay, this better get some beefiness going on because I'm like, eh. Precisely. So, here is my fear. I've even watched the first episode twice now. Did you really? You watched I watched it once last twice? night. Yeah. I watched it once last night, and I saved the second episode for today. And I'm like, you know what? Let's see how it is watching them back to back instead of watching one and then waiting a day and then watching the other. Not to mention the fact that we were up at 9 o'clock last night. Waiting for this fucker. And, oh, I. Um... And I don't know if anybody else went through this. Please hit us up at thewatchlistpod.com. Click on contact or hit us up on socials. They dropped episode two, maybe about 15 or 20 minutes before they dropped episode one. <laughs> so you could actually play episode two first. Before one. Oh, wow. That's funny. Yeah, you that know, blew. I... I didn't start. I didn't realize it was, you know, alive yet. That that it was there to watch until it was kind of, after I had watched a bunch of other things and finished off some series. And I was like, oh damn! Now what am I gonna look at? I don't yeah. want to go to bed yet. It was like ten or ten thirty. I'm like, uh, maybe yeah. eleven. I forget. Well. And I just I started up. I'm like, fine, I'll watch it. But. In Laura's words, she doesn't care if she sees another episode. Ah, well, all right then. What I am afraid of is that this will become a monster hit, and then we'll get season two, and then we'll get season three. I think it, they've already planned, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, they've actually already planned season two. Yeah. But so. why? We don't need to take an appendix... <laughs> from the Lord of the Rings yeah, and stretch it out into 20 or 25 episodes because they've made all these little zero episodes as well, which are probably clips from just the oh, episodes. I thought the zero episodes were like trailers or something. Yeah, they. I think they are trailers, but still okay. you're spending a lot of fucking time absorbing through them If you're going to. Yeah. If you're going to, if you're going to in for a penny, in for a pound. Mm-hmm. I don't want an appendix to suck up 30 hours of my life to get me back to the beginning of the Lord stories of the I've Rings, already seen. The yeah. stories we've already seen. Yeah. I think, I, and I am not a writer. Actually, I am kind of a writer. But I'm not, I fancy myself a writer. But obviously, I'm not writer enough to dream up this whole shit. 
Anyway, <laughs> but I, I just don't want it to end up like I'm wasting 30 hours or it ends up like the end of fucking Game of Thrones where season seven was just hurried and rushed to tie up all the loose ends and it was bullshit based on what had been built up already. Yeah, yeah. I, really, I yeah. don't want to do that. So mm -hmm. my recommendation... Be extremely wary, but follow your gut. Yeah, yeah. I'll give it another episode or two, mm -hmm. but if it ain't got me, I am going to live with Fellowship, Two Towers, and Return of the King. And Hobbit. That's it. Well, the, the story of The Hobbit, not those terrible movies. Not the, No, I'm just talking about the movies right now. Okay. I will just live with the but those three... three. The three yeah. big epic movies by Peter Jackson as perfect film and be done. Yeah. So Lord of the Rings. Rings uh, of Power. Rings of Power. Mm. Eh, mm. Eh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So that was my second thing. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we're just blowing through this show. Well, what's your third thing? My third thing is, it's a comedy. Oh, good. And it's an animated comedy. Ah. And it's called Little Demon. Mm. And it's on Hulu, and it is produced by, and, vo and part voiced by, Aubrey Plaza. Oh, okay. And it's, it's about uh, a girl who, when she finally gets her period, is located by her father, the devil. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> cute. Oh, nice. I like it. And, and so this whole, this whole series is, it is extremely R-rated uh, for visuals and language and, and just subject matter. But the daughter is like, what the fuck, mom? You fuck the devil? <laughs> and, and, it was, and I tell you what, I have never seen full frontal nudity on an animated character before. Hmm. Oh, yeah. You get the full Monty on this one. Interesting. It, and, and I have been down on certain shows before that were animated. And I can't even remember. I reviewed one just a couple of weeks ago. But I really liked Little Demon. And that's is, on Hulu. Okay. And that is on Hulu. And Danny DeVito plays the voice of the devil. Perfect. It's perfect. Mm -hmm. and, I, and, I, and, and there is something about the show to me that works. Hmm. I don't know what it is because there have been similar shows that are R-rated animated comedies that just are, are shit. And this one, I like it. Cool. Yeah. So if you're looking for something fun and gross and stupid and and funny, Little Demon, check it out. I might. Okay. Uh, my second thing is Elvis. It's just oh, released on HBO you Max. Watch that. Yeah. I watched Elvis because Dwight really wanted to. Uh, Tom Hanks stars as Colonel Parker, the promoter of Elvis, 
And then Austin Butler plays Elvis. He was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He played Tex Watson. Oh, my God. He played Tex? Yeah. Wow. He played Tex Watson. He was also in Arrow. He played a character named Chase in three episodes of Arrow. And if you watch that Shannara Chronicles that was on, I don't know, like, shit. Oh, my God, years ago. Like, Freeform or something. Yeah. In 2016, he was, like, the main guy in the Shannara Chronicle. Will Olmsford. Okay. Mm, Yeah. That I recognized him more from the Shannara Chronicles than any of these other things that he's had little bit roles in. Uh, but anyway, he plays Elvis, and I, I don't know how much you know about Elvis or his life or who this Colonel Tom Parker guy was, but the movie focuses on more. It's like telling the Elvis Presley story from Colonel Parker's point of view, now, Colonel Parker was a total piece of garbage. This asshole, shyster, con man, carnival guy. He manipulated Elvis like nobody's business and used him to get him make himself money. And, uh, God, he... he I, I as times changed, it's like he held Elvis back from doing more. So Elvis had a bunch of these requests to go overseas into Germany and uh, Japan and and perform and do live shows because he's got tons of fans worldwide. And some of these places were offering him like a million dollars to go to a show. But Colonel Parker kept saying no to all that and wouldn't let him do it. And why, if the whole point was Colonel Parker making money? (laughs) So Colonel Parker, he was born in the Netherlands and he illegally immigrated to the United States at the age of 20. He changed his name and claimed to have been born in the U.S. And... His whole immigrant status didn't even get, like, exposed until way later on. Way later on in his life. So, because he's an illegal immigrant, he doesn't have a passport. Which means he can't travel the world with Elvis to get the million dollars. So, when Elvis tried to break free from Colonel Parker and do his own thing and try to be more independent right before he got into the Vegas showrooms at the International Hotel. Uh, He was, he had his own plane. Elvis had his own plane. So he was going to just, you know, fly places and do some shows and get a million bucks here and there. Yeah. Well, Colonel Parker also was a notorious gambler and he was deep into debt into these people who were building the International Hotel. And he managed to convince Elvis, even though Elvis was like, we're done, to perform at this brand new hotel because he didn't have to pay for anything. The people needed somebody to drive them to this new hotel in in Vegas, so they were going to pay for the whole production. He just had to show up, perform, and get paid. 
well, because Elvis is Elvis and he did so good, and the hotel owner guy and Colonel Parker start making a deal, Elvis will get paid a million dollars a year if he stays at his hotel for five years. And Colonel Parker's like, I'll make it happen. So then, as he was only, originally Elvis was going to do, I think, I can't, I can't remember if it was six weeks or six months at the International Hotel. Well, when the time comes up, because Colonel Parker wants him to stay, because Colonel Parker's going to get a damn fine deal out of this deal, too. He starts making it seem like people are out to kill Elvis, and... There's security issues if you go to other countries, and security is an important thing. And uh, he manipulates Elvis in a way, and and uh, he ends up staying there. And then he he works him to death, literally, uh, injecting it, you know, getting him hooked on drugs more, and he can't perform unless he's doing drugs. And oh, jeez, it's it's just such a nightmare. The poor guy, poor El- Elvis, had just Oh, man, this guy fucked Elvis over big time. So answer me this then. How how were the performances of Tom Hanks and the kid as Elvis? Um the kid is the 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 uh, Austin Butler as Elvis is he's pretty good. He does a pretty good job. He doesn't have like all those other Elvis movies that are out there, he doesn't have quite the look of Elvis. Right. For me, for me anyway, he didn't look enough like Elvis to me. But I, I, you know, they have some, they do Elvis songs, but then they also kind of modernize some of it, and they throw in a like, it's not like an Elvis hip hop song, but they throw in some hip hop as they're showing him going through Memphis and Beale Street and stuff. So they throw modern day music in, uh-huh. which. In like the incidental walking around type scenes, not like the actual performance scenes that kind of threw me off a bit. I'm like, what? What are they doing to these songs? What are they doing here? Um, so that kind of, eh. and oh my god, Tom Hanks is a bad guy. It's kind of off-putting because he's always been the good guy in everything. I can't think yeah. of much any when he was an actual bad guy. And there's so many prosthetics on him, it's kind of comical looking. It just doesn't look, it looks fake and terrible But did it, did it take you out of the reality of the movie? It did, well, that and then add on his attempt at a Dutch kind of accent for this guy. It, it sounded, it just, that whole character, just everything seemed off about him. From the prosthetics to the voice to the way he was like the accent he was trying to get. I'm like, is this the way that guy really sounded? Cause that sounds kind of, I don't know what that sounds like. It doesn't sound right. Cause I, cause before this movie came out, they had some really powerful reviews in their TV commercial. And those mm-hmm. reviews were from Priscilla Presley and Lisa Marie Presley, the Elvis family supposedly loved this movie and endorsed it and, oh, and that's probably what got because me all... it I'm betting it's because it uh portrays Colonel Parker as an asshole who stole from dick, Elvis yeah. which he did yeah because yeah. he was and it helps get out the story of what an asshole he is yeah 
So I was geeked up to see it, and then the reviews came out, and the reviews were very lackluster. It is kind of lackluster. I mean, it's a and different I, telling that I haven't seen before, but at the same time... It, hmm. But then movies like this, you, you know, there's a mystique to them. and Or, or it demystifies stuff more to the point. Because I remember running to the corner store back in 1977, or was it 78, when Elvis died? 77. And and the, the headline on every single newspaper, Elvis is dead. And how huge that was. It was mm-hmm. huge. I it mean, was huge. It was huge. For, but in a day and age before social media, for you to make the front page of every newspaper in the world because you died that was massive that's how big elvis was mm-hmm. and so that that left an imprint on me because i remember that day very clearly mm-hmm. but then i would i i would hesitate to watch something like this because i don't want to take away the magic that was well this is directed by uh, Baz Luhrmann. Yeah. He also wrote, uh, directed, produced, wrote the screenplay. Uh, that guy from Moulin Rouge. That's he yep. did Moulin Rouge. So, uh, music is a big thing, probably because of that guy. Um, and there's a lot of it. Like Elvis is shown from a good, um angle like it's really showing shining good light on Elvis and how he's trying to be you know successful but also trying to be like he realizes that he's kind of the bridge between the African-American music and the blues and that and the white people because he's got the sound of a black man but he's a white guy. And that was exactly why Colonel Parker latched on to him to attract the younger people who liked that. But then, you know, the whole gyrating his hips and lewdness and stuff and Elvis. And according to this, he was friends with like BB King or something, which I have no idea how true that is. Uh, And BB King told him, dude, they're not going to arrest you for lewdness. You're a popular white guy. They would arrest me for walking across the street. But you, they're not going to arrest you. So do what you want. Yeah. Do what makes you happy. So he, Because he had some performance on some show doing Hound Dog, and they didn't want him gyrating his hips, and then they made fun of him by putting him in a tuxedo and bringing out a dog that he had to sing to. But he didn't know any of what was going on. So it was like... Very, he acted well during the show, like this, like he was fine with it, but he was really embarrassed and hated it. And so he gets angry and he runs off to Beale Street to meet his uh, friends at the at the club to, you know, music. He was totally into music, and we see him as a little boy in Memphis and tiny little dirt town go into the revival tent, the gospel revival tent, and getting into the music there. So he's was you... very into music. I, If you don't know 
a lot about Elvis, which apparently I didn't know a whole lot about Elvis. This is a good story of of that of how he was into music and how he got into it really well. If this is well, if his family liked it, then it, clearly it's based on some sort of truth. Um, I I, I was entertaining, but you just got to be prepared for Tom Hanks kind of not quite right. Yeah. And then just if you like music, the music on its own, the soundtrack is pretty cool, but I wasn't expecting the more modern day stuff. Yeah, like but that's more modern Baz Luhrmann, sound. though. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't even thinking about it. I, I didn't expect that until... So... I, I just didn't expect it. It dropped today, because we record this show on Fridays. Mm-hmm. So I was glad to see that. But am I as excited to click play now to see it? Yeah, maybe. We'll give it a shot, maybe. Yeah. But... You know, that was one of the bigger movies, well, supposedly one of the bigger movies from 2022, and it bombed. It bombed bad. I can kind of see why. Oh, yeah. Because it's an Elvis story, but it didn't feel like an Elvis story. I mean, it didn't go that deep into uh, his the mu- movies he was in. And I'd be even willing to venture a guess that it has stuff, it has the problem of ageism. You know, I I made fun of the fact that younger people probably wouldn't even know how big the death of Elvis was in a day before social media. But that means that a lot of younger people don't even know or have listened to a single Elvis Presley song. That's possible. Yeah. And therefore, younger audiences were like, Elvis, who cares? Because Elvis truly didn't even belong to me and you. They belonged to our parents. Yeah, my mom liked Elvis. And I think that's why I might have been exposed to any Elvis at all. Exactly. Um, but she wasn't like fangirl over Elvis. Well, right. Yeah. Oh, my mom was a Beatles fan. Yeah. Not yeah. an Elvis fan, but a Beatles fan. Yeah. My mom, she was too old for the Beatles. So, um, yeah, I mean, there wasn't even that. Ca- Mom wasn't really a f- fangirl of anything. I'm going to just say that. So. Well, but but that's what I'm saying. So I think mm-hmm. there weren't enough of us even as children of that generation who would have known Elvis from the 50s and the 60s. Well, yeah, we were seven when he died. Yeah, we so. were seven when he died. Six yeah. and seven when he died. Mm-hmm. So, yes, we felt the impact of it. We knew how big it was. We were aware enough to know, wow, that was yeah, a like, big deal. Oh, Elvis died. Yeah. Okay. But were we big fans? No, those were our parents. And unfortunately, yeah. my mom's no longer with us. You know, Nor is and, mine. Sorry. And, you know, so who is the audience for this film? Uh, Tom Hanks Exa- fans? Austin exactly, and Tom and Tom Hanks fans aren't going to get Tom Hanks. <laughs> no, they're going to get a bad guy with some uh, horrible, horrible-looking prosthetics. Yeah, and a shitty accent, and a shitty Dutch accent, and a yes. shitty Dutch accent. Mm-hmm. Because you know, you you th- you you go to the theater in droves to see Tom Hanks in yeah. Captain Phillips. You go to the theaters to see Tom Hanks in other shit. 
It's when Tom Hanks does some experimental shit that you kind of go, all right, mm-hmm. because you're Tom Hanks, we're going to, you know, go ahead and do this. Like the remake of The Lady Killers, like 10, 20 years ago. Okay. Uh, then, then there was... Um, Oh, what the hell was that? Actually, no. The biggest thing he did probably post all of that were all of the, the Dan Brown movies. Oh, like Da Vinci God, Code and all that yeah. other sort of shit. But perfect Tom Hanks audience material. Yes, yes, exactly. Perfect Tom Hanks audience mm-hmm. material. This movie, unfortunately, no, no. had yeah. no audience. I mean, it's not... Uh, it was entertaining enough that I wasn't like Google. Well, no, I did. I Googled some shit to be, to try and figure out the timeline. It was, was my main thing. Cause at the timeline, at the timeline of what they when they show things happen is kind of timey wimey to me. Yeah. Cause they, gla- they glaze over a lot of stuff and like, don't even mention a lot of stuff in his right. musical movie timeline. Here's the last question I got yeah. for you. If you didn't have HBO max, Oh, I would never have watched this. I didn't actually want to watch this. I wasn't interested in watching it. Dwight wanted to watch it. And because I have finished all of my Korean dramas and I haven't picked a new one yet, I was like, you pick something. I'm fine. So he wanted to watch Elvis, so we put it on. Last year when Warner Brothers committed to dropping all of their movies on HBO Max, which I thought was brilliant and I loved mm-hmm. and watched every single one of them to support that idea, even that bullshit asshole movie reminiscence. Oh, I couldn't even get all the way through that. Oh my God, that movie sucked. Elvis should have been in that. Yeah, yeah, I think that would have been better. And I would have watched it. Now I can put it aside and it's like fifth or sixth on my list if there's something else not on. Well, it didn't actually release until May of this year. Yeah. That's when it hit can. Cons? Cans? Con. Con. Pardon me. Con. Yeah, con. That's why I thought it was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Only us Americans, especially from Chicago, say can. Con. Yeah, exactly. And it didn't hit the U.S. until June of this year. So a couple months ago. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's why it sucks so hard, I guess. And that's why it know. sucks so hard and why <laughs> it's already available. And conversely, why we have to wait until November to get Top Gun Maverick on Blu-ray, because so far that movie is one of the best things that I've seen in a long, long time. And the okay. only other way to see it right now other than a theater is if you buy a copy of it digitally. Mm-hmm. You can't rent it. There are no physical copies of it out right now. It's it's smart. So glad I waited for Elvis. And then so glad <laughs> yeah. I heard your review of it, because now yeah. I can push that movie down on my list. Yeah. All right, there's my ramble. Okay. So my last thing is a Korean drama that I finished. It's from 2019. It's called, well, it's got two different translations of the name from Korean. Um, one is the light in your eyes, but where I saw it, they called it radiant. And this is the story of a young girl who finds a magic watch on the beach that can turn back time. 
And as a kid, she's turning back time all the time because she wants to get good grades on her tests. And she discovers that when she does that, she continues to age while her classmates don't uh, during the time she's turned back. So she's turned back time so often that she's officially like 10 years old, but she's got the body of a 16-year-old. So she's like, oh, I'm putting this watch away. I'm not going to use it so, you know, my classmates can catch up to me and body maturity. <laughs> and then later on, she pulls the watch out again because her dad gets into a car accident and dies, and she wants to prevent that from happening. And she tries so hard over and over and over again, constantly failing, to where I have this question of, why don't you just go back a whole extra day since you can turn back all the time? And you know, make it not happen that way instead of trying to ride a bike. And how did you forget how to ride a bike for fuck's sake? (laughs) And all these other stupid things you do to stop him. And then when she finally succeeds and wakes up again that same morning, she is 70 years old. She was a 24 year old girl and now she's 70 year old woman. And the watch is broken now and it won't work anymore. So she can't, I don't know how she could have fixed it, seeing as how much time she's lived trying to f- save her father in the same one day to where she's become 70, but she seemed to think she could fix it. And prior to becoming 70 overnight, she had met a guy and they were kind of, they were getting along and it looked promising. So there's the potential romance, but now she's 70 and he's still in his 20s. And from, yeah, that's when she starts noticing her parents having marital issues because now they have this, they already had issues from in money because dad was a taxi driver and mom ran a, a beauty parlor. And now dad's taxi driving days are over because he's hurt from the accident. And then there's some wacky stuff that goes on. Because it is kind of a comedy. Her brother's trying to earn money as a YouTuber. But the angry grandma character that she is now is more fun for his YouTube viewers. And there's all these little storylines there with all that fun stuff. And for the first 10 of 12 episodes, I'm really invested. I'm trying to figure out how is she going to fix this. Because she's got to fix this for that good romance with that guy. Because this is ultimately a romance story, right? And this is when it betrays me. And this is when I get angry. Because in those last two episodes, we find out that she really is an old woman who's had Alzheimer's delusions for the past 10 episodes. And none of that actually fucking happened. She doesn't own a magic watch that turns back time. She is an old woman who the whole first 10 episodes with hanging plot lines that we never get resolution to because it was a delusion never happened it all happened in her head i nothing in any of these descriptions did even go anywhere close to telling me that i was going to be sorely disappointed in some kind of moral of the story treat your alzheimer's patients nice or some shit tearjerker grab my heartstrings kind of crap like that I was mad. I was really, really mad. Yeah, you are. That could have had... Well, 
I, I went in thinking I'm getting a time travel fantasy and it ends up being some moral of the story, respect your elders, Alzheimer's shit. Well, welcome to that episode of Dallas, like around 1981. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was all a dream. It was all a dream, which they made fun of in a brilliant episode of Newhart, by the way. If anybody, rem- nobody remembers fucking Newhart, but I do, and it was awesome. Well, there wasn't it the final, there was the final episode of Newhart, It was wasn't the it? final episode where New- Bob Newhart did several shows throughout the course of his life. Mm-hmm. And the last one that he did was called Newhart, where he ran a bed and breakfast in Vermont. Mm-hmm. And the, ent- and the final episode he wakes up next to his tv wife from his tv show in the 70s mm-hmm. where he played a guy in chicago was he a therapist or something a therapist in chicago yeah and he wakes up next to suzanne Plachet and he says i dreamt we ran a bed and breakfast <laughs> and it was brilliant because it was a play on that whole. It was totally perfect. But that's a it good was se- whole series finale episode. That's not a good. But that was yeah. a comedy. And that was it a wasn't comedy. A drama. Yeah. And so this when went people from comedy them, to heart wrenching tear jerker drama. And I was like, right. this is not what I signed up for. Well, but it shows that. And this goes back to that episode of Dallas as well that your writing is so good up to a point and then you just don't know what to do. But that makes that is assuming they're writing as they go along. The Korean dramas are all pretty self-contained stories in one season. They're not planning for a second season. They're not writing it as they go. At least I don't but you could, think but so. You could but this still... totally felt like they were writing as they went, one episode to the next. What are we going to do this time? I don't know. Let's have her break out all these people from the hoodlums who've locked them up or some shit. But they could have, when they were sitting in their writer's room, in their one, episode, one season episode room, got tied up around episode eight and said, what the fuck are we going to do yeah. in Korean? Yeah. And then in Korean said, well, I don't know. Let's just make it all in somebody's head. And again, welcome to the 80s final episode of St. Elsewhere as well. Yeah, yeah, that was. But there was the season. See, that. Yeah, see, that's. I feel like those are a little different. Like, because they, they were did. writing a regular show. And then for the whole series finale at the end. Sure, it could be the kid's dream as he's staring at his little snow globe. That's fine. You know, like it's uh, all in the little kid's head. That's and that's fine because I'm not that that was fine for me. That because it didn't change that it was a comedy into a drama and that true. last bit. This but you got they didn't even this this show didn't even allude to the fact that maybe she didn't really turn back time. Maybe she, it, this, that's what I'm saying. This is why I'm annoyed because I didn't even get a hint in here that maybe she really is an old woman and she's just delusional. Nowhere in there did it really, did it allude to that to where I was thinking maybe that she didn't really turn back time. It's been a long time since I've had a show betray me in such a way to where I'm this kind of annoyed with it. 
I mean, and time travel stuff, it's timey-wimey. You, you accept some things happening fine uh, for it, but the fact that the time travel in this wasn't even really her magic watch, just... <sighs> I know. Yeah, I just... Fuck this shit. So, Radiant, the Korean drama, I do not recommend watching it unless... I just don't recommend it. It's not... uh, Other people (laughs) say it was great and all, (laughs) and it just pulled at their heartstrings, and they didn't have... uh, It was so emotional and moving. I'm like, they fucked with you for 10 episodes. Her brother is in the trunk of a car on a ship to Africa. We don't Um. know what's happened to him. And how did she even see him doing that? Because she wasn't even there at the time, even in her delusion. She was somewhere else completely. Patty. Ugh. Patty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Patty. Um, we forgot something. What did we forget? Spoiler alert. Of what? Radiant? No, fuck that. Yeah. This this is a this show's from 2019, man. There's no spoilers. There's no spoilers. Uh, Nobody okay. cares. Okay. Uh, well, and I'm not. I'm spoiling it because it's shit. Wow. Uh, yeah. Nobody. Th- no. Right. There's. We don't need spoilers on this. No. Right. Is that all you got? <laughs> that was my last thing. And I was sh- sharing it because it pissed me off. Ooh. When I was angry about it. Yeah. We're exiting the show hot today. Hot. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, all right. Um. All right. First of all, I got a couple of things of news. News. First of all, David, shout out to David. And David, please, please recover quickly, my friend, from from your breathing woes, man. Oh, I'm, dude, I'm yeah. praying for you. Yeah, just seriously, get better. We are we are thinking about you and and praying for you, dude. But he sent along a couple of things here. Mm-hmm. So you know that ad with Nicole Kidman in movie theaters where she's all sparkly saying how magic is wonderful and AMC theaters are the shit? Yeah, that ad's getting a sequel. Oh, okay. I don't think I've seen that ad yet. You haven't seen it? It's actually fairly Mm -hmm. iconic right now. Because it's that whole, hey, welcome back to theaters. Although she's welcoming people back to theaters in an empty theater. <laughs> if, she re- if she really wanted to do some shit, it would be Nicole Kidman saying, excuse me, excuse me, pardon me. Uh, yeah, sorry, that's my seat. Yeah, he's holding that seat for me over there. Yeah, uh, uh. yeah they didn't have raisinets, so I, so I got you <laughs> snow caps. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Now shut up. Now no, no. Leave the seat rest. Turn down. your I phone off. God damn it. Yeah, I can. Ju- or yeah. actually, in an Australian, <laughs> turn your phone off. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> that, oh, that was horrible, Australia. It was okay. pretty horrible. Anyway. But yes, but so that ad is getting a sequel. <laughs> a sequel to that. Maybe that's when the people will pour into the theater. Well, but if your whole thing is welcoming people back to a theater, there should be people in. There should the be theater. people. Yeah. All right. The second thing and the last thing is that apparently they're already planning for House of the Dragon season two. I believe I heard such a thing. And Elizabeth Olsen, oh. Scarlet Witch, oh. is going to be in it. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. But hmm. to me, that's a little jump the sharky. Yeah? Yeah. I mean... 
I don't know. I, 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 I take a lot of things with a grain of salt lately. Mm-hmm. She-Hulk, which is steadily turning into my favorite show I on am TV loving right She-Hulk. Now. I am loving the fuck out of She-Hulk. Yeah. Right um, loving She-Hulk turns that whole cameo thing on its ear and even oh, makes totally. fun yes. of it. Yes, yeah. And even makes fun of it. To the camera, by yeah. the way. Yeah, I love her asides to the camera. I love them. Yeah. But when you start having serious dramas like House of the Dragon, start having famous people in it. Not saying that Matt Smith, a former Doctor Who, isn't famous, because he certainly is fucking famous. And He's probably Luna the Lovegood's, biggest name in that show. Luna Lovegood's dad, isn't it? He's Luna Hightower. Lovegood's dad. Oh, yeah, Reese Ephens. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, but a lot of people don't know Reese Ephens as much as they might know Matt Smith. There's a lot of Harry Potter fans. A lot yeah, of Harry Potter fans. we're all 25 years older now. But we're the audience as well for this. I guess. All right. That being said, but Elizabeth Olsen... I think they're a little jump the sharky because they're trying to to, to drag in some more dragon. I said dragon. <laughs> <laughs> more viewers younger because they know her as Scarlet Witch. Maybe. I don't know. And especially because it's an R-rated series. I bet you a lot of those younger people are be like, oh, she better dress in something like Scarlet Witch, hubba hubba. I don't know. I don't know. So eh, we'll see where the character goes. We'll see where the series ends up. I'm ho- I'm really hopeful right now, but we'll see. They have plenty of time to screw it up. Now, they're, both that one and the um, Lord of the Rings thing, those are both two episodes so far, right? Yes. Yeah, so. Hmm. Uh, just I'm just not a fan of that Lord of the Rings right now. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's all right. It is what it is. All mm-hmm. right, people. Make sure you log on to thewatchlistpod.com. Click on that contact us button. Are we full of shit? Are we missing something with Lord of the Rings? The Rings of Power? Are we? Let us know. Mm-hmm. Or let us know that we're right on point and it's bleh. Uh Also, make sure you click on that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts. Engage with us on social media at Symbol Pirate Alice. At symbol Bill Ivory Larson, at symbol the Watchlist Pod. And if you listen to us on Apple, pretty please with sugar on top, give us a five star review. Thank you. Anywhoosie, everybody, please take care, be safe, and go watch some stuff. Yeah. Okay, okay bye. bye.